0: Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Podcast USA. We bring together the best technical leaders to talk about their industry passions and the challenges they are facing. I am Data Science Donnie with Evolution Recruitment Solutions and I help connect businesses with top data science talent and I am here today as your host. Now, I'm really excited for today's uh, podcast. Uh, i am joined by an amazing panel to discuss the topic that should be of interest to all data science leaders uh, today's topic is building a data science team centered around business needs and before we dive deeper into that topic uh, i would like to introduce uh, our two panelists today uh, we've got she and Vinny. she would you like to introduce yourself
1: yes of course thanks Annie. hi i'm she I am the lead data scientist from Burma. I've been in the data science industry for about 10 years now, working across different industries such as health tech, consulting, automotive, and now climate tech. So very excited to be here, share with you some of my personal experiences building out a data science team.
0: Perfect. And over to you, Vinny.
2: Thank you, Donny. Thank you, Sheet. My name is Vinny Souza. I lead the data science team at Connect Mortgage Insurance. I also have over 10 years leading data teams, right? And data engineering, data analysts, last six years leading data science team. So it's been a
0: very interesting journey. Perfect. Now, uh, let's start with she. Would you like to kick us off on today's topic about building a data science team centered around business needs?
1: Absolutely, Um, from my experiences, of course it's just my personal uh, opinion and uh, being for me to build a data science team surrounding business needs, mainly emphasizing on the business needs is that what is that that we're building and what does the product roadmap looks like? And based on that to tailor a data science roadmap that will highlight what's the um, business value will will the data science team bring and uh, also emphasizing on uh, if those are the things that we want to build in the next 12 to 24 months, here are the number of FTEs that we will need in order to achieve those uh, roadmap items. So that's at high level how I usually approach the idea of building out a data science team surrounding business needs.
0: And then uh, in regards to the pre-planning process, uh, what kind of steps do you take in order to, or have you taken in order to really iron out what the root need for this particular team is?
1: Great question. Normally, I will start with our uh, C-suite leader team suite uh, leadership team to understand what are their vision for the company in the short term and then for the long term. And then have an understanding, especially from our chief product officer and all the product managers, have an understanding of, where are our product currently today, and where do we want to bring our product tomorrow and in the long term, and have an understanding of what is important for our business and for our customers. So starting from the perspective of a user-centric uh, approach to develop data data science roadmap. So that is my big, very very first step, even before I put in down items for the data science roadmap. So based on those understanding, and the user research that the PM, the product team has done, I will start to build out the roadmap items that will help us get to where we want to be in the short term mm-hmm. and the long term, and then based on those items on the roadmap, I will have an estimation of how much FTE set we will need then to put into the T in order to achieve those uh, features that we want to bring in to the embeds uh, intelligence into our products
0: perfect that makes absolute sense
2: Anthony let me share a story right because over the last eight months i had the chance to interview a lot of data science candidates right and some of them coming directly from grad school but uh, many of them already with some professional experience right then Mm -hmm. The great majority of them, right, if not all of them, the key reason that they wanted to leave their current jobs as data scientists was because their insights, what they were delivering, was not being considered at their company, right? So the executives were listening to them, but the decision was still not made based on their input, right? And that's why I think, and when I think about the data science life cycle, right, and defining the problem, right? What is the business problem that we're trying to solve? It's something that we have to keep coming back to it recurring, right? So we usually, how we do it here, right? We have a kickoff. There is a business need. We have a kickoff with our sponsor, executive sponsor. We ask tons of questions, right? And and my data scientists, they are keen to ask exactly how this decision, this input are going to be used and we challenge them, right? But really, are this gonna go happen? And then we start to work on the project, right? But the most important thing is to keep coming back to them, to validate that the business need and change and showcasing what we have done and making sure that what we're constructing together is still addressing the business need because things are dynamic, right? Business change, environments change, and priorities also change. So having that discussion really make sure that the executives are engaged throughout the entire development process.
0: I,
1: I, I echo on that perspective, because especially when I was working in consulting, a lot of times consultants will develop great solutions using AI and ML. However, one of the biggest challenge is adoption. It, like we, that's why we want to make sure that it is the business problem that we are creating the solution for, and that we will drive a lot of adoption to the solution. So I feel like that's a very well said perspective.
0: Mm. And I would assume that at some point, potentially, the buy-in in the beginning is always very strong. You know, as soon as when, you know, they bring everybody in, you get around, you know, a table, start collecting some ideas. That's when everybody is like, let's do this. This is what we need. The business needs this. Let's get this information sorted and let's figure out how we can, you know, put this to good use. How do you ensure that the buy-in stays at the same level or stays consistent throughout the entire process as you're working on either building a team or working on a particular project? I'll throw this to you first, Benny.
2: Yeah, that that is that. And and when we talk about adoption, right, she mentioned that and how we make sure that all levels are engaged, because it's not just I I mentioned executives a few times, right? but other leaders at the company, they see things from one perspective, but when we want to drive adoption, we want to drive adoption across all of the levels. And this is where having a format to gather ideas and to create a forum to listen to all of these levels is something that can secure this buy-in and can secure the adoption and can secure that the solutions that we build are actually yielding the value that we planted at the beginning right of course there are solutions that are designed specific for the leadership team other design specifically for people uh, working more on the ground on operations but usually things go and build up to all of the levels right so making sure that uh we constantly get them together with us and reinforcing what we're what we've been doing is is key to the success right now one thing that we do right uh, that this has come from my previous experience as well is is really leverage design thinking, right? And and part of design thinking we have the discovery sessions, right? And the discovery sessions is something that can really help everyone, right? And we bring people from from the same room and people from different organizations. Everyone that's that's going to be impacted for the solution that we're trying to build. Uh, that we listen to them and we build their personas profile, right? And how what we're building is impacting them. And with that, we can prioritize what is that we're gonna go work first. And as we deploy uh, each one of the the, the, the phases for our project, we can validate with them and you can get feedback. And if we have to go back again to what is the business problem, we also can do it. So getting everyone engaged, uh, or maybe not everyone, right? But everyone that has a stake on what we're developing Engage it throughout the development and deployment process is
0: key for that buying. And then, she, um, what would you say is the biggest hurdles uh, that you've come across in your career while building these teams out? What are some of the, I guess, the walls, so to speak, that you have to break through? As you are, you know, you already came up with the plan. You've uh, decided what the the problem is or what the uh, the exact need for this team will be and then as you start building and putting the pieces together what are some hurdles that you've uh, come across in your experience
1: that's a great question i think the first one that i have encountered is justified the number of ftes that we will meet because that's the, the FTE planning is based on my estimation from my experiences so i will need to bring that to the executive team and provide the reasoning why we will need this many headcounts instead of just one so sometimes it will be a back and forth type of negotiation is that like, how about we start with one and see how we how, how we do and then we go from there so i feel like sometimes when it comes to negotiating the headcounts it's a negoti uh it's definitely a negotiation and i think the other challenging part is that especially for uh in a startup environment priorities always change so maybe what we think is what we want to build today, it will change for tomorrow. So the priority will be changing. So that will also help us um strategize how many FTS or resources that we wanna to add to the team based on what we wanna focus on building first. So I feel like that uh have been my experiences building out a data science team. Yeah.
2: Thank very- you very much. Hi. Echo you, she, right? That is surely the biggest challenge is negotiating resources negotiating timelines but uh, i would put in a different uh, point here as well because i guess it varies from company to company right and and even from organizations within the same company it can be very different but one of the biggest challenges that i always faced is how we can get our clients to commit to the benefits because we know that if we deploy something, it will drive them some efficiency. It will make them make better decisions, to gain some market share, to improve their pricing and improve profitability, and that has to translate to some dollar amount. Yeah. And depending on where we are, we have to do this upfront and to also justify headcount, to justify the investment. And and this is where it gets. Ex- Sometimes painful because it's hard for people to say, No, I am gonna, I don't know, reduce my headcount by 10%, right? Or more than that. Or I can commit that my sales will grow by 15% if you give me this. So this is something that we cause most of the struggles. But I do still think that this is a key part of this entire process of addressing the business need because. When we start to put dollars and we start to to size benefits, we can then start to prioritize and we can bring everything together. Not necessarily tying dollars to what we're gonna do first, but it helps us with the entire process of what it is that we have to do.
1: I totally agree with you, Vini. That's a very good point. And also, that's something I incorporate into the data science roadmap is what would be the business value. Yeah, Is it co- going to help us reduce our costs internally, helping us work more efficiently? Or is it going to generate more um, values from a product perspective, or that we can increase our AR by how many X? Things like that. That will definitely help um, in the negotiation process for headcount. So thank you for sharing that story, Minnie.
2: Yeah. And that, let me add you something else, right? Because that, I think that from, from from this before we start the project processes right but throughout the process and and i've faced that a few times as well it's 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 something that i think maybe it's natural to to any kind of profession right but uh the truth is sometimes the solutions that we build they are very good solutions, right? And people fall in love with what they build. And they love the product that they build. And and they get excited and very passionate about it. And and this is all fine because I agree. Sometimes the machines that you create, they are indeed beautiful. The output is, is something that it, sometimes it's really stunning, right? Mm-hmm. But that is where the problem is because, and I tell this I to my team all the time we should not be in love with what we built with the product right we should be passionate about the problem not about what we built so the solution may be great but the focus must be on the problem what is the business need and sometimes what we have built doesn't address the problem anymore doesn't help with the business need and this perspective of letting go and be willing to rethink what we have done has to be something continuous, right? Helping us to move forward and to keep innovating, aligned with the business need and not fighting and spending energy because it's our babies in the end, right?
1: That's a very good point. I think you also point to the culture of that we should be continuously embedded into the data science team is not only to move fast, but also the ability to pivot when the priority shifts or the business problem is no longer aligned with the solution.
0: Very interesting. Now, other than I've heard, you know, revenue as a means to, you know, sell the roadmap, help, you know, the business buy into, you know, the overall plan. But what else do you use? Because, you know, dollars and cents, yes, you can uh, predict to a certain uh, degree. However, what else do you use to sell the roadmap itself? Sell the benefits of the organization. Um, I think of this personally as almost like a cross-selling exercise. What other parts of the business will be affected by this particular project or this problem? That is also able to, you know, uh, scale to you know the standard that the business would like. Um, I would like to open this to either one of you because it's interesting obviously dollars and cents are quite black and white you're able to really you know uh you know put a nice number up there and get some buy-in but i'm sure that there's some uh key stakeholders that might want something more might take a little bit more creativity uh you know in your past uh, so i would love for you to share maybe some uh, instances where you've had to think outside the box other than you know the dollars and cents
2: yeah i, I can go first she right The uh, and and i don't know i few you very lucky to be at an act, right? And we are at the insurance business. So, but the executives at the company, they're very clear. We are a data company, right? Mm. Our competitive advantage comes from data, right? Uh, we do have this, that we are a technology company that sells market insurance. So our business is market insurance, but we are at our core, a technology company and, and. A lot of times we have this investment, especially infrastructure infrastructure, right? And uh, maybe I'm deviate a little bit from data science, but you know this this team is keen from all data scientists on how we get our data, how mm-hmm. the work and the effort that we have to put to gather the data and prepare the data. and therefore it requires investments on infrastructure. And it's hard to tie basic investment in infrastructure to uh, outputs of the data science. Of course, we can always do it. But if the company or the organization has at their core that we have to evolve, we have to be ready for the digital transformation that is coming in, can we have to make these investments, maybe not just to increase the revenue, maybe not just to improve client experience or employee experience. But at some point it with it, people has to come a sense that these investments are needed to survive. yeah, because if we don't set up ourselves to be nimble and to act on the data and properly build our solutions in a efficient way, uh, we're putting at risk the future of the business, right? And I think that applies to any industry, any company yeah, yeah. at all, right.
1: Yeah, definitely. Laying the foundation is super important. So and, and that sometimes it is hard to put a dollar amount to when we are talking about building all the infrastructure. And the other point I want to add too is the time to market is also to the benefits of the company, regardless the size. Um, because especially after we have aligned the data science roadmap with the product roadmap, those are the priorities that we want to tackle. We want to build. Then if the team does not get resources that we'll need to build the the feature, then it needs to come to discussion, then which are the pick three based on the resources. This is how many features that we could build. So pick three and how it it will definitely delay the time of having a more full-blown products to the market. But we can have this push out this three first if we cannot have additional resources added to the team. So that will need to have a discussion with the leadership team. So do you wanna give up some of the features or do we wanna build it all out so we have the first two markets as a leader? So that is another strategy that I often use when it comes to building out the data science team and uh, making sure that roadmap is uh, have set aside.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. It's almost, uh, it's very similar to recruitment in that sense. You know, everybody on a job description puts 100% of everything that they absolutely want on. However, there is a core group of about 70% of that that are the must-haves, as I like to call. And it's okay if we're not able to, you know, do this amount of funding for this particular team or for this particular project. Okay, we can scale it back, but instead of 10 things, you get four. What are the top? And, And it's... a it's almost like a version of pushback in a reality check. Okay, yes, everything looks phenomenal. Everything that we would love to have sounds great and it'll play very nicely together. But if we're not able to make that initial investment, if you're not able to get all of the complete buy-in, then let's settle for something almost in the middle. And then from there, build from there where you can add additional features at X amount of time, as soon as we hit, you know, X, you know, goal or X you know, uh, amount of downloads or users or whatever your your, your individual KPI is. But as long as you're still moving it in the right direction, I like the solutioning portion. You know, it's very fluid. There's no, you know, uh, A through Z, you know, kind of steps. I like that, you know, you have to kind of pivot to the right, pivot to the left to ultimately still, as we mentioned before, accomplish the business needs. Um, Now, we talked about culture for a bit, which I absolutely was hoping we would talk about. Um, You know, from my side of things, you know, speaking to candidates, one of the major reasons candidates look to move from organizations is because they're doing all kinds of analysis. They're doing all kinds of, you know, uh, projects and nothing is seen the light of day or, you know, you're almost, you know, doing the sake of, you know, almost busy work is how, how some candidates have called it. And it's a big frustration factor. And you touched on this a bit, you know, Vinny, in regards to, you know, uh, not losing sight of the real goal, which is the business uh, and the business needs and not getting lost sight in the actual, you know, uh, analysis or whatever you're performing for that particular task. Now, in the data science team, you know, as those business needs change. As you mentioned, you know, we've got somebody from a startup, we've got somebody from, you know, an SME business, uh, you know, as those needs change, how do you handle those situations internally? Because obviously, you've got to tell someone that what they've been doing, what they've been spending time on, particularly, is not going to cut it or just for whatever particular reason, you know, I'm using, hopefully, much more direct words than you would in a situation. Uh, but you know, how do you handle that situation? Because obviously you want that person. They're there for a reason. You want them because, you know, uh, what they've been doing is of course in line, just maybe have to custom tailor a little bit to the right or the data set has changed. For example, um, how do you control that situation? Uh, she, I know you're a bit of our, more startup environment. You're a little bit, you're agile and you don't have as many layers to seek approval. So how would you handle that particular scenario? Or if you've already, uh, handled it, you know, what did you do?
1: That's a great question. So the, the question is, how would I craft that message to my team if the team yes. has teams? Um, um, that's a really good question. And I feel like it's almost an art to itself. So mm. the, the way I normally would um, pass along that information is to be transparent, because that's one of the culture that I want to build for the data science team is to have a meeting together with all the team members and share what has been going on. And then more importantly, it's the decision behind the why the priority has changed. So that's the why is very important in almost everything that we do. And to share that so we get to the same page of understanding. Why uh, is as a business that we are changing our priority? And how would that, well, what does that mean to their day-to-day work? And that will means we were going to need to update our roadmap and update our ethics in a JIRA board. And so how would that translate to um, their, do they need to do more work? Does that mean their previous work has gone to waste, Is a waste of time? I think another piece that I also would I'll always want to stress is that anything that you do will not be a waste of time because when maybe sometime down the future, we're going to come back and revisit this same business problem because they may be search in the need then we will can be able to reuse that solution again and all those work will be laying a foundation for other exploratory or other related business rather that we had that we don't know yet we don't mm-hmm. know exist or but they're relevant so i feel like those are the two things that i would definitely emphasize is the why and also the it's not a waste of the time what they had done before it will just continue they gain experiences for their personal professional um, perspective so that's how I would approach that uh, priority shift.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, let me okay. just had to that, right? Because I agree nothing that we do ever goes to waste because mm. at the minimum we're gaining knowledge about areas of the business, about other problems that we have and maybe what we build has to be discontinued or is no longer needed giving the business priorities. But I can guarantee at some point, our people, our data science, they will get back to that. Because when we look at how data science grows, we we start to put our hands right on all aspects of the business and everything is related to each other. So uh, again, if we talk about insurance, right, we can talk about pricing, how we size risk how we do underwriting and that all of that may end on a claim. So if we do something at the pricing side, may seem to be that has no relationship with claims. But when you have people that work with pricing and then they go and start working with claims, they see it's all came from the same pipeline, right? It's different processes, but at the end, they're very well connected, right? And there are relationships and insights that, it's very valuable for the data science so they can consider and bring in new features, bring, bring in new ways of to, to evaluate uh, new solutions that we're building, right?
0: Absolutely. And we have spoken about, I would say, building a data science team from scratch. Uh, now, I believe it is probably, I'm assuming, uh, a different process altogether when you are inheriting people like uh, let's say, for example, you might have a team of two or three uh, that have already been existing data scientists. The business has decided that uh, they will put more of an investment, more of an emphasis in data science, and they're looking to bring a leader in to help, as you mentioned, create that roadmap and start you know, putting the pieces together. How do you come together with that existing team to almost change what they've been doing to make sure that they are centered around the business needs that they do have the proper direction and guidance, see the value in what they are doing. Uh, because Vinny, you moved recently to enact uh, mortgage insurance. Uh, she, you've been with Thermo since day one. And I'm sure as those journeys have come to fruition, there have been you know certain hurdles or certain uh, uh, difficulties that you've come across. And I would love to you know share that with our audience today, because I think that's probably the real bulk of what people would love to hear about. What have you, what have you struggled with and how do you kind of overcome that or, you know, see through that, uh, you know, that difficult period?
2: Well, let, let me go first. Right. Uh, again, I think I've, I've been very lucky here at Anact, right? Because, uh, the, they just joined the company. The team was already established. Mm. I have a very diverse team. Some, some data scientists on my team, they are with the company for over 10 years. Uh, some of them just joined a little, a few months before I did, right. We have new people, part of the team as well, that we brought in beginning of the year. And having them to work together as a team, right? Because wanting or not, uh, we are working on different projects, right? They are working on different projects. We're one single squad, but they have their unique areas of expertise and their unique Uh, projects that they work areas that they work and 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 business uh, units that they support uh, that have different ways of working and doing things as well but I think I was very lucky to get a team that uh, was already in place very strong in terms of technical skills uh, half of them a lot of experience on our industry on mortgage and really good people right and 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 again the, the ones that had experience they do take the time to share knowledge with other people right not just on my team but across the company and they do have a passion to bring everyone up and that makes a lot of things easy right i think when we talk about characters of data scientists right and i think we're going to get there tony right But this is one thing, right? We need to have people that are passionate to help other people groups, right? Not just technically on on data science, machine learning skills, but also on understanding the business, understanding the industry, understanding how uh, things can have have an effect on each other, right? That is where uh, I think it's something that brings a lot of difference, right? Now, other challenge, right? Because I I also had the chance to build data science team from scratch, right, on other opportunities, and and I think the key challenge here is really to upskill people, because sometimes you go and you hire people with masters, with uh, grad schools, right, and specialized in statistics, specialized in, in, in strong background in computer science, right? Psychology, sociology, right? All of this this set of skills make great data scientists, but sometimes you do have to upskill people that sometimes came from different areas, right? They don't have such a strong background uh, either on coding or on statistics and giving them the tools, giving them the time, giving them the incentive to help them to get confidence on what they're building it's also something that is, is really important right as as upskilling and more and more i think we're gonna be seeing this right uh, citizen data scientists right people that are in the business but leveraging tools sometimes local tools to build data science solutions they need a lot of coaching a lot of guidance and a lot of incentive to 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 step up and and that is a different ball <laughs> that that every company i think every industry will get to that at some point right? so how we effectively upskilled people in other areas right and sometimes they can even be data engineers that wanted to change career so how do we get a proper plan and a proper career roadmap to help these people to transform what they're doing and come into something that they're passionate about right
1: Lili, you touched on several really good points that uh, we, we have overlapping um, perspective on that. I think going back to your perspective of upscaling, as I put it as uh, coach, elevate, and advocate. So it works uh, across whether I inherited a data science team or I built a data science team from scratch. One of the first things I always do is to have a one-on-one session with the team members to get to know them. Not just professionally, but also personally to understand what do they want to achieve professionally and how uh, to build a process for us to build trust. Me as a leader and then for him, how can I help him grow within the team? And then uh, also to get their, build their trust in the process and understand where they want to be in their career. And then I, as the leader, will advocate for them in a room when they're not in that room uh, at, a, at that time. So that is my, one of my first approach is to coach, elevate and advocate. And going back to the Vinnie's points on upskilling is that touch on citizen data scientists. I think that has to, has going back to the topic on data literacy because a lot of companies today wanted to be data driven and not everyone in the company has the same level of understanding how they could use data. So by implementing data literacy program, we enable oh, ev- almost everyone in a company to be self-serve and answer some of the questions that they have regarding the business using data. And that also free us, the data science team, more time to focus more on the advanced analytics and build out more uh, appropriate, appropriate ML solution to solve more complex business problems. So those are my approach to building out a data science team either from scratch or inherits from somebody else.
0: Oh, very nice. Now you mentioned uh, data literacy and it was a quite uh, uh, a good segue to a question that I came across, you know, as a leader, as the person that is, you know, leading the charge as far as, you know, the the data side of the business. Tell me a bit more about your role, um, you know specifically from playing the in between, you know, you are the person managing the team, making sure that they are answering the business problems appropriately. You're also potentially the person gathering the business problems. And also, as you alluded to, you know, educating the business, the data literacy portion to ensure that, you know, your data scientists aren't focusing on the wrong areas, you know, the wrong priorities. Uh, They should be translating so much, but mainly doing a lot more of what they're, you know, they were hired to do. Uh, So as that role Uh, evolves through the building of the uh, the data science team from the business needs. What are some of the the top two or three duties that each of you can kind of think of as to what you're doing as far as, you know, the top priorities for yourself as that leader within that function? I'll uh, start with you, Shi.
1: Oh, great question. I think for me, the top two priority, number one, is to be the data science evangelist for the company and outside of the company. I think it's uh, going back to the point of data literacy, is that sometimes business stakeholders will come to the data science team with a problem in mind. Sometimes they may not be asking the right question. And so that's going back to Vina's point is a design approach, design thinking approach to data science problems. So it'll, it will be a back and forth process to do a discovery uh, to understand, is this the actually right question for us to ask to help solve the problem? So sometimes it may come down to, oh, we shouldn't be asking this, but we should be asking that question instead. So I think that that's uh, myself, the number one role would be the data data evangelist to um, promote data understanding and data in general, this uh, understanding of what kind of data that we have internally as a company, and how can I help uh, elevate everyone else to ask the right question and interpret the data correctly and utilizing the data analysis that the data science team has done to help solve their business problem and work more efficiently. And the second one is an advocate for the data science team. It's not only to promote the value that the solution data science team built generate for the company and for the customers, but also um, put a spotlight on the team members. Here are their achievements and these are the work that have contributed to making sure that I provide the recognition to the data science team. And at the same time, when it comes to if, the, if there's something went wrong, I want to be the one that's held responsible because I am their leader and I want to shield my team from the chaos that they don't need to in their day-to-day life. So those are, for me, the top two important roles as the team grows within the company.
0: Great, thank you very much.
2: I I echo everything that you said. I think that more and more data scientists, right? They have to play a larger role in terms of helping the business to even understand what kind of solutions we have out there. Mm -hmm. And and that's where I think transforming data science teams into trusted partners are key to the success of what we do, right? Because uh, I agree with you, we should be evangelists because it's a a lot of great things that we have to push forward. And if we don't, we're going to fall behind. But on the other hand, being a trusted partner for our internal clients or external clients is very important. And and, and by trusted partner, I mean someone that they can come in and come with their problems and, and we have to be open to discuss with them and to understand their problem and to recommend solutions and like i said sometimes they don't know what new technologies are out there and what is that they can build with the data that they have and sometimes it's something simple sometimes it's not a data science problem right sometimes it's not even a data analytics problem sometimes it's just an rpa if we do a simple (laughs) simple robotic process automation they will get it done huge benefit so Getting this partnership and being a trusted partner uh, is really helpful, right? Uh, to also bring in more value to the data science team overall. And, and and data scientists uh, more and more have to step up to develop this kind of uh, partnership with what we support, right? And not just someone that you come, listen to the problem and go and build their solution, but work together to find best solutions independently of of the path that we have to take.
0: I love that because, you know, you hear so many terms, machine learning, deep learning, NLP, big data, you know, these are all very cool, trendy words that everyone is using and seeing all over LinkedIn and uh, social media. But what does it really mean? How can the business really put these Terms or you know uh, particular aspects of data science to good use, the education portion, I would assume is a very big aspect because your job is to stay ahead of the curve, know what the latest and greatest is, but also to you know help the business understand what you're able to do with this technology. Uh, and it, it's actually a really, really good segue because um, I believe there's a misconception that you have to spend tons of money to create a data science team. It's gonna be very costly. It's gonna be, you know, have a long uh, list of things that you need to do. So do you need all of the latest and greatest tools and technologies when you first start out, when you're first developing the team as you're getting, you know, your feet underneath you? Of course, you wanna lead towards those, you know, latest and greatest tools and techniques. But when you're on that initial phase, is that something that you need to spend, you know, an astronomical amount of money on? Or in your opinion, do you feel you could, you know, potentially navigate a bit differently? I'll start Vinny this time.
2: Yeah, no, I, I it, and then when I think about how I transitioned to data science, right? And, and leading my first data science team, we were exactly that, right? It, uh, it was a, it was a team that we were upskilling ourselves and we were learning, but we were doing things with high value, but not necessarily using the complex kind of MLs that are out there, right? And sometimes it was logistic regression, right? Uh, More sophisticated kind of regressions as well, linear regressions. And, and, and from that we evolve, right? Because from that we start to get ideas and the business start to see value and we start to want to bring in new features to our models and, and, slowly we can grow and get more sophisticated right uh other thing that i think it's 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 also important part of any data science strategy right is what is the platform that you you're gonna use right and there are surely a lot of tools out there a lot of platforms that help people to build their solutions there are a lot of other open source platforms, yeah. let me say it that way, right? That start, that enable new teams to come out without any huge investment in terms of having a tool, right? They can build it by themselves. They can use Jupyter Notebooks, Anaconda is out there, right? And this is all available for people to have a, let's say, fast start into data science without having to do the the commitment up front, right? Uh, at the beginning, right, uh, I remember we were doing a lot of POCs, right, a lot of proof of concepts and getting data, uh, spending a lot of energy to get putting the data together, cleaning it up, and then testing it out, right, and and bringing it up back to to the business to validate, look, this is what we can get from that, we can only improve this result, we can only improve that performance. Do we have the buy-in, right? Do we have the sponsorship to proceed? So, POCs uh, can also enable people to start on the data science journey, companies to start on the data science journey without a millionaire upfront commitment in terms of investment on platforms or resources and anything, anything like that.
1: Vini, right? I have to echo your perspective on start with a simple approach because especially for a startup environment, I also started a data science from scratch and oftentimes I would have especially when building a software products with AI ML intelligence embedded in there, sometimes I will get from the product managers that, oh, we will really want to have this feature filled with ML solution. And so my philosophy is that if we can solve that with statist- simple statistical approach, then we don't need to use the fanciest, the most sophisticated machine learning uh, solution because it adds a lot of cost to the infrastructure. So, uh, so that means when we're looking at the building out the data science team, we don't necessarily need the most fanciest platform or tools because that definitely costs a lot, as you all say. So, I uh, always encourage my team to experiment with different approaches to see, have a baseline, and then select a set of metrics for evaluation. Then we will know which one does the best. And also, when it comes to productionization, we also need to think about how much we want to spend. AWS is expensive, so does it make sense for us to deploy everything on AWS? Or do we also think about from our current infrastructure, how can we move, build those pieces together with what we currently have? So mm-hmm. I think that um, is really important. And I always stress, can't stress it enough. We don't necessarily need ML or AI to fill everything that we need. Sometimes the simple is the best.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was quite curious to your perspective, because obviously the size of your organizations are a bit different. Uh, you know, first data scientists, inheriting an existing team. Um, and I'm glad to hear that uh, the flexibility, you know, the things, uh, in my opinion, shouldn't be so stringent. You need a bit of malleable, uh, you know, because things change. Business needs change. Economies change. You know, a lot of different things change um, and you need to be able to adapt and overcome as soon as possible. Uh, one of the um, topics that we wanted to discuss uh, during today about building the data science team is about, of course, the characteristics of those individuals and some of the things that you want, uh, especially you know, starting or on a growth phase uh, because the I would say what you'll be doing will be a bit more uh, important. It'll be on the entire company's eye, So you need to make sure that everyone has the same, you know, uh, perspective on what needs to be done. And it has, most importantly, the ability to execute. She, um, how about yourself uh, when it comes to, you know, these characteristics for, you know, building out uh, your data
1: science team? Yeah, definitely. I think. Number one is definitely the technical skills. Does this person have the technical skills that I am looking for to build out the corresponding products? And then secondly, I think uh, important districts that I'm looking for is communication skills because ultimately you're not an island. You're gonna be working across different functional teams, working with software engineers and product managers and project managers. So being able to communicate clearly what if you encounter any roadblocks or bottlenecks or you were blocked by some reason and you want to be able to clearly communicate with that and also the communication is also important especially when we're working with internal stakeholders you want to help them understand how can it derive actionable insights from your analysis or your models so communication is the second one and i think the third one is more about the mindset I really enjoy working with someone who is humble and curious and have a growth mindset. So with that kind of mindset, it will also enable me to help this particular team members to grow and to achieve where, wherever they want to go in their career professionally. So I think those are the three things that I really value in a candidate.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. She write technical skills or lack of technical skills can really be a derailment factor, right? And not, it's not all the time that we can afford to wait for someone to learn and someone yeah, to yeah. teach someone else. So getting a good start with uh, the right set of technical skills is really key, right? Communication, I'll, I'll put communication slash collaboration, because it—I when you you also have to work well with other groups with other teams right with our peers in it and 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 this can be challenging right mindset we know it's always changing every day if i go here i get a new uh blog a new article with some new technology some new uh model that is being worked on and, and new ways of doing the same kind of of solution so it's very dynamic having a a growth mindset and someone that likes to learn is 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 key to success as well now one thing that i i like to add g right because i get very excited right i get data sets and and i like when we start to find out things on the data that no one has seen before or maybe they have but uh it's new to me so i get excited and and i like people that get excited too so for me this curiosity and this passion to go after those leads and those hints uh is key to the success of a data scientist if 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 the person doesn't have this drive to go after and start pulling the string to find out new patterns to find out how features relate to each other and, and to do sometimes the hard work, that is to to, to find what brings to your models, uh, that, that, that is also kind of a driven factor. So curiosity, I think it's the fourth characteristic that I always try to look at when I'm selecting people to my team
0: Perfect. Now, uh, when we talk about tech skills that you've mentioned, um, the question that pops into my mind is first. How do you decide what skills are needed? And then once you find out what those skills are, let's say there's potential gaps in you know um, the existing team or the capabilities that you have on hand, what do you do to ensure that as you know, you're know you building the team and obviously you need those personnel, what do you do in order to make sure that the team is set up for success? I'll tell this one over to you first, Vinny. Yeah,
2: that that is a great question, right? Uh, <laughs> so I think we have to, because not always, we have a very well-defined problem, right? We know that sometimes the team is overloaded, we need help, uh, we need to choose where we want to focus, right? And, and, and sometimes it's very different, right? Uh, my team today, majority of the work that we do is on structured data right? Because it's risk, we're evaluating risk, we're sizing risk. Uh, It's structured data, but there's a lot of opportunity to start embedding ML, NLP into our process, into our operations. So how how can we get uh, the claims team more efficient in terms of leveraging previous claims into what they're doing now? And, and Getting the sense of what's coming next on the overall scope of what we're going to do is what I use more as as where to focus on, right? And, And there's a potential. Let's use NLP. So I would go and try to seek someone with that expertise on NLP because there's a lot of potential problems out here, right? Now, of course, that is from the perspective of when we don't have a very well-defined problem, but sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes, you know, I need a data science to do this here. Then it's easy, right? The problem is when we don't have it and how we can figure out what's coming next. Right. And that requires a lot of, of, of thought. And, and one thing that I like to do most is really get my team to work with me right and to get the ideas and and we do a lot of sessions to brainstorm and and we list it out everything that we need what are our weaknesses what are our strengths where we should be trying to bring in new people what kind of skills and what is that we should try to learn ourselves new technologies right not necessarily it's a data science and male related sometimes it's a new cloud offering that we have out there right uh how to build applications using the data so it can be very different so working with the team and listening to the data scientists she mentioned that before right she said coaching coaching is is absolutely fundamental to a data science leader because it's very dynamic and if you don't coach if you don't let your team run the risks make the decisions find out the solutions by themselves and you're just there coaching it's very hard to to achieve great results, right? You Mm -hmm. you, always be restricting them to what you think. So using coaching, let them think, let them own the solution. That is also very fundamental to success of data science teams.
1: Vini, you mentioned a really good keyword is listening, because I feel like as a leader, the the ability to listen is very important, especially working on data science team. Uh, As the team grows, you will become less hands-on. You will need to be even more, listen more to understand what is going on from the people who actually do the work. So I really appreciate that perspective. And then for me is that by through listening, I will be able to understand what kind of, what additional skill set that the team is currently lacking. And then based on the business problems that we want to solve and potential future business problems that we will be able to identify additional skill sets that we want to hire for the team. And then the other one, Donnie, your question is how do we make sure that the team is uh, set up for success? I think Mm -hmm. one of the things that I always like to do is set up making sure that the data science team has the platform and the foundation that they can do their day-to-day work and free them up so they don't need to worry about putting this together. So one example is automate the automation process. And so says, I wanna automate the process for my data scientists to do experiments so they can track their results. They have a, their logging to see which one does the best. And then the automation process for them to do training jobs that will be automatically logged to SageMaker. And then uh, they don't need to track for artifacts because that has been set up in S3. So I feel like having those foundations set up we will enable the team to do more work and to do more in, in, innovative solution. So I feel like having that foundation built is really important. Um, and the other one is um, setting up the platform for the team members to shine. So when it's time for them to showcase their solution to do the design review with the product team and the software engineering team, I want whoever is building that solution to present that information and showcase their baby. So I feel like as a leader, those are important things for me to do. Free them up for the potential problems, enable them to grow and to shine. Yeah, and to learn, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, I must say, you know, this was exactly what I hoped would happen today. Um, I can't thank you both enough for sharing, you know, all of your experience that you've gained throughout your both of your uh, very impressive careers. Um, there's a few themes that I, you know, kept on hearing that I like to, you know, end on. Um, education, you know, education whether it's with the business or the team itself, ensuring that you understand exactly what the real business need is, not what the business thinks is happening, not what the data science team thinks is needs to be answered, but really getting to the root of what really needs to be done. And then the planning process of how do you do the forwards and backwards planning. Understanding that problem, and then from there, having the ability to map out what you will need to do for this process to be successful, what success looks like, what failure looks like, um, as well as constant communication. You know, the business needs can change, being adaptable and agile as those, you know, situations come up, uh, you know, not taking them personally, but making sure that you don't lose sight of what the real goal of the entire function is for as well as value. Now, whether that's a number that is, you know, gonna be cost saved or uh, brought to the company, or whether it's time saved, a different part of the organization is gonna be able to cut down, you know, times that they're looking at a particular dashboard or whatever they're doing throughout the day, um, as some common themes that I've heard from today's discussion. And uh, I must say that it was very nice to hear the different journeys and how many similarities there were in those journeys. Uh, regardless if you're starting a, a, a team from scratch or if you're uh, inheriting a team and trying to make sure that everybody is switched on and really, you know, buying into what the, the organization is doing. And we'll leave it there for today. This has been the Evolution Exchange USA podcast. I want to take this opportunity to thank She and Vinny for sharing their insights and thoughts today. We hope you can join us next time on the Evolution Exchange podcast. If you're hiring for data scientists or looking for a new opportunity, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a podcast, you can drop me a message too. I am Data Science Donnie, and you can find me on LinkedIn or email at donnie.mccleary at evolutionjobs.us or visit us at evolutionjobs.us. Thanks again to all our guests, and thank you for listening.